episode four of the Dictate the Game podcast at dictatethegame.com. I am your host, Eric St. Peter. Thank you for joining us once again. Today, we have a, a great panel of people talking to us. We have Dom. Good morning, Dom. Hello. Ryan Brown from the website. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Your Crusader star. Hello, guys. I'm, uh, how are you? Well, and of course, as always, Luke. Good morning. We got a guest today. We're going to be talking to Mark Benterman. He is the coach of Stansted right now. So we'll be talking to him about all things uh, football, about how he wants to set up his team, what he thinks uh, is the best way to get ahead if you're a player or how you want to get into coaching. We also have uh, Ehor. We'll be talking to him coming up in just a few minutes about his Dynamo project, the uh, first part of the Fantanista uh, offshoot that we had. We talked about on the podcast not too long ago. We can get a little update on that and hopefully get to that tactic that he was uh, teasing us with in the first uh, articles. So, how's everybody going today, guys? I'm doing great. Uh, it's, it's a bit early over here in uh, in Montreal. Like it's uh, 8 a.m. in the morning, but uh, I had my cup of coffee. So, by the way, it's one, one o'clock over in uh, in the UK. So we're all fresh for our days. Recovered from our hangovers. We're fine. Yeah. Give us a little bit about um, the article itself that we had on DictateTheGame.com this past Wednesday. Uh, when we first talked to you not too long ago, we were talking about the actual tactics. So you talked about what you were going to do with your Fantanista in the Dynamo Project. And then just before you're about to give the tactic, you broke off the article and you said we'd have it in, uh, in part two. So talk to us a little bit. <laughs> this is a uh, Mourinho-inspired Porto tactic. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, for sure. I mean, I, I tried to. I mean, I at first I thought I would do it like one in one article, but uh, unfortunately, it just got too big, so I really had to. It wasn't because I was trying to to torture <laughs> torture you guys with the <laughs> with that anticipation. It's uh, more just I I couldn't. It was physically too too large of a, of a project. Uh, but uh, yeah, port, uh, the tactic that I I'm trying to recreate is uh, Porto's uh, 2004 uh, Champions League winning tactic. Which is probably, uh, I think it's m one of my favorite teams of uh, of all time. That, that team that Mourinho uh, uh, created to, to win uh, Champions League. Original parked bus. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I think he gets. That's the reputation that Mourinho gets. Uh, that uh, he's a very defense is a very defensive coach, uh, using very defensive tactics. But actually, when I was researching, or just like reading up about uh, his. Uh, his style of play and the tactic that he used back in those days. I mean, now for sure, like I think uh, the reputation, maybe the way he played in, in uh, Manchester United, like uh, he did get more of a reputation for being very like defensive or park, park bus kind of tactics. But Porto was actually like, it's, it was a very interesting uh, team. Like the way I think, they had some moments of uh, sublime attacking football. Like when you watch the, some of their games, uh, some of the clips on YouTube, like they attacked uh, a lot, like uh, very well. Like it, it was somewhat of a counter-attacking team, but they also had moments where they played very beautiful, flowing attacking football. And in fact, like the I think the for, the way that uh, the formation was set up. It, it, the defense was very structured and solid, and uh, and it was very, uh, I guess, more of a kind of you would expect from like a park bus. Uh, but the the front attackers that uh, in Moreno was uh, Moreno used, like he gave them much more freedom movement, and uh, like uh, it was basically it was uh, two strikers and 
and uh, Deco as uh, as a turquoiseista uh, behind them. They they really had a sort of a free reign to to create and to attack as much as they as they as they could. So it was really like the team was built in two two parts basically. There was the defense, which was more uh, disciplined and structured, and the, the attack, which uh, that's where you saw more attacking part of the Porto which I, I think what inspired me to try to uh, recreate it with, uh, with Dynamo. I read online recently that Jose Mourinho said in an, artic- in an interview that getting United to second place in the league is his greatest ever achievement in football management. If you look at what happened uh, now this year when Solskjaer took over, I mean, where are they in the league? Uh, you know, uh, get it, him getting to second, I, I, don't, I couldn't disagree with him. He did win the Champions League with Porto. And Real Madrid, and no, he didn't win at Chelsea, did he? But you know, he's he's definitely won stuff. But just getting second in the league with United was, he said, is his greatest achievement. Yeah, well, I think there's an underlying issue at United, and I think every manager said the same sort of thing. Mm. If you look at the team, it's just overloaded with sort of players who believe they're better than what they are. I mean, you just look at the amount of attacking players they have. You've got Sanchez, Rashford. Lukaku, all these sort of and Lingard exactly. Everyone still thinks, oh, Lingard is young, talent player. He's 26. And yeah. I, I don't think he's good enough. And I think you need to like sort of ship players out and actually bring in players that would actually have the sort of aspirations for the club. Whereas at the moment, I think the players are sort of playing for themselves rather than for the team and the club. They're playing two attacking wingers as fullbacks. Young yeah, and it's, it's weird. It's, it's really weird. It seemed like a really strange way to play a sport. You know, imagine you've got, I'm trying to, like, imagine you're playing a rugby game and you've got an old winger or, you know, back who used to run, basically just run, but then got old and can't run anymore. And you're like, okay, let's just put him in the scrum then. That'll work. It's like, no, that, that's not how you, you you need to move on and find new players. Oh, I, I think even playing United on, on Football Manager, I think it's a, it's a pretty challenging save. I tried it and it's uh, just the way the, the team is uh, is made up. I find it's it's weird. Like they, they have so many attackers, like the, the strikers. And like, I, I mean, to find the formation for them is, is tricky i find the so uh... you, you probably need to use uh luke's score more tactic yeah that's true which, which one is that the three strikers or oh there's more than three. Oh, there's a lot more than three. there's, a, there's about seven <laughs> i'm gonna say yeah about seven you know your next article you should uh try uh your uh mason green save with your score more tack just just to show everybody i think you'd get i think you'd get sacked after two games I think we should do on April Fools. We should do a um, a pretend like a serious tactical analysis of the score more tactic. I'll do <laughs> it. Yeah, that, I think that's a good idea. But a year to wait for that. <laughs> you know what I'll do is I, I. That's all right. I'll do it anytime. Anytime you want me to do it because I'm the tactical recreation guy, right? Yeah. I will tactically recreate Luke Hume's score more tactic. It was awful. I don't know how you can analyze it. I honestly I was, don't. Oh, did I lose? I lost fourteen. One was it? Twelve ones in Napoli, actually. Yeah. It's only 12. <laughs> I scored. You did score. I scored. The, con- the consolation goal. <laughs> yeah. How is your tactic, your uh, tactic that's the basically for your Dynamo project, that's the, uh, the recreation of the uh, Porto tactic, how is it working? It's actually, uh, I find it's working very well. It's, it's a narrow diamond. I mean, maybe that's, I mean, I find that narrow Diamond uh, has worked uh, well for me in the last couple of versions of the game. I, I loved it in, in uh, Football Manager 18. Uh, so it's like a 4-4-2 narrow diamond. So, uh, I mean, it is, uh, I mean, it, 
I do use two, two strikers. Maybe that's what makes it uh, makes it so good. I mean, I, those kinds of tactics usually are more advantageous, I guess. Uh, but it's uh, I've, I've been testing it with Dynamo, of course, but also I I, I couldn't resist and try out uh, a, a new portal save. And uh, I find like I'm actually enjoying the the portal save a lot. Like the I mean, I find they have a very good team. I mean. They are kind of dominating the league, but uh, I find the fun is in uh, in Champions League. So, yeah, like I'm trying to get into the later stages of Championship Championship League. So far, I, I was able to uh, to beat uh, Inter Milan Inter, but I, I got uh, quite uh, crushed by uh, by uh, per, uh, Paris Saint Germain. But mm. I, I think that's sort of was was to be expected. I I went in dreading that game and I uh, got crushed like seven to to four seven. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it was quite an open game. Like we, I was surprised by the amount of goals we scored, but uh, they they hit us back. I'm sure, you weren't using the score more tactic. You were using your own <laughs> tactic. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I it's not. A, I mean, I I I modified a little bit uh, Mourinho's tactic because I, I find like uh, I, I think from just. Watching some like uh, from reading like uh, watching uh, Tifo's uh, excellent uh, analysis of Porto like that thing that's that was my original inspiration watching his uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know of uh, Tifo or Tifo uh, yeah yeah I know I know but I've seen quite a lot of stuff especially like the Liverpool's high press and uh, there's loads of, there's sort of anal- analysis they sort of do and how they break down tactics yeah I find really, it's, really it's excellent especially the, the graphic style they use as well it's really sort of engaging oh it's Batman and Dave both uh, I, I love their uh, the breakdown of analysis of tactics and things like that from both of them Statman Dave if you haven't seen him oh, he's great okay. as well um, okay, so, so- I'll- Check him out. Yeah, check out. Yeah, so uh, so if you if you if you guys want to check uh, Tifo's uh, Porto's uh, 2004 analysis, it's it, I find it's a very uh, like very uh, very good. It's very thorough. Like, and I basically if you watch it, like you can get a kind of a bit of an idea like how how to set up the the, the team. So instead of using a uh, fullbacks, I'm actually using wingbacks because I, I really want to have more of an attacking threat on the wings. Like, so it is. I mean, it's a narrow diamond, but it's not the standard one. Like it's like you expect, like four, four, one, uh, one, two, one, two, or uh, <laughs> you know, the one with the fullbacks. And uh, so I'm yeah. using wing, wingbacks instead. But the rest is the same. There's uh, there's defensive midfielder. There's two uh, midfielders uh, in the middle, and uh, one attacking midfielder, midfielder, and two strikers. It's more of uh, a two, three, two, one, two. Yeah, I, I guess so. Which is kind of like I took, I modified my the tactic that I, I uh, presented before, which was, uh, uh, yeah, it was the one with the, I, I used the libero or, or three three uh, three uh, centre backs and uh, two wing backs, and I sort of just modified it and made it into uh, into this one. You were talking about Tifo videos. Another great Tifo video is. Um... The uh, Inter Milan, you, you mentioned before, the breakdown of Mourinho's Inter Milan teams. Now, I think people forget with Mourinho that counterattacking football is attacking football. You're still attacking. You're just sitting exactly. back and waiting. And I mean, so it can be very exciting. I mean, I'm a Mourinho. I, I like watching Mourinho's teams because the counterattacks are so sudden. If you watch some old videos of the Inter teams uh, in 09 and in 10, it was very exciting to watch when they started to counterattack. Yeah, but if you look for if you look at enough YouTube videos, Martin Ugard still looks good. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's great that you've got a YouTube video showing off how good they are. But counterattacking football is pretty amazing. You know, you look at teams like Leicester. You know, when they won the league, they had an incredible season, basically just with a series of teams 
underestimating them. Whereas I think people knew Inter Milan were going to counterattack and they still fell for it. They, they had no choice but to fall for it because what are you going to do? You're just going to kick the ball around. You're not going to get through it. And then as yeah. soon as you get the ball back, it's it's on. And I mean, it's very mm-hmm. free-flowing. It almost reminded me, and I'm probably going to get some flack for comparing the two, but it reminded me of the kind of motion that you had with those um, Rooney and uh, Tevez and Ronaldo Manchester United team, that kind of free-flowing. As soon as you got the ball, it was quick, one, two, three, and you're in the back of the goal. I haven't, I, I, I haven't watched uh, those uh, them play, but I mean, I, I'm sure that was a, that was a great team. Did they have back? Uh, was was Beckham still on that on that team when they when they had a? Uh... Tevez or that wasn't Beckham. Basically, what they did is they sat back and they counterattacked. They really didn't press until you got another. This is another great Tifo video, by the way, if you want to mm-hmm. check this out. But um, they really didn't counterattack until they got into their own uh, side of the pitch. And then as soon as they won the ball back, it was just a four at the back. It was really it was a uh, kind of like a lopsided. If you're going to use FM terms, it was like a lopsided four three three where it was four at the back. Right side midfielder, couple of center midfielders, left winger, center mid, and a uh, attacking midfielder, and the uh, the trident of of Ronaldo of Rooney and Tevez was so free flowing that as soon as that back seven got the ball back in their own zone, it was so quick and fluid in the front three that people didn't know what to do. It was just havoc. Well, I'm sure, like with Ronaldo and uh, Tevez to combined, it was a pretty good team. They just win a couple. They won, they won a Champions League with that yeah, team. They, yeah, I'm sure and they did. Like three or four leagues titles, which was pretty impressive. It was just having the same thing with Inter Milan. I mean, if you look at the way that Molito and Edo and uh, Schneider combined in that same kind of quick counterattacking, almost long ball, but whatever ended up happening when you had all that space from creating the counterattack, it was very free-flowing. It's the same kind of thing. So I think you can draw a comparison between that Manchester United team and the Inter Milan team. But that's interesting. When you have like a, like a world-class team and you, you have them playing counterattacking football, it's, uh, it, again, like I think as, uh, as someone said, it's, it's, uh, what, what do the other, what do the other teams do? Like if, if somebody's if you're playing them, like, do you just sit back? Uh, do you, uh, let them, uh, sit back and, uh, control the ball? Or, uh, if you, if you go forward, I mean, that's what they want you to do, like to, to go forward so they can hit you on in the, in the back. It's, uh, it's a very, it can be a very dangerous, uh, team. I think when you have like a really world-class team playing this kind of style of football, or it could just end up looking like being very boring. <laughs> Um, question about Football Manager for anyone. Anyone's welcome to answer this. Um, when you start a new save or you join a new team, when you look at your players, do you go into it with a tactic in mind that you always play and then you fit the players around that? Or do you look at the players you've got, look for key players and then create a tactic around those players? Um, I've Usually, usually it's me sort of... I normally assess the squad to begin with, sort of see what the assistant thinks like you know the best positions for everyone mm. and then i sort of almost try and keep it similar because i think i think it already sort of really depends if i'm in a lower league i almost sort of try and stick to a four four two. but like yeah. when you're playing in like higher leagues and with better clubs you've got more technical players so you can sort of adjust your formation slightly like i've currently playing like a four one two three at the moment on my online save and 
that, that's sort of a ball from a four-four-two, like sort of dropping the uh, a, well, dropping a striker into the DM basically. So just have the defensive stability. But I normally yeah. try and go with my sort of tactic. But sort of the best players will sort of have their own individual roles and then sort of see where I can go from there. For me, it depends on what I'm looking to do, right? So if I might see something on a message board that I think is interesting, and I'll say, "Oh, I think that tactic would be really cool to try with uh, Everton." I'll do that. If I'm going in and I say I want to play as Inter Milan, I go in there and I'll say, well, then I'll go and I'll say, what are the players that I have? What can I do to create a tactic around these best five players or something of that nature? But it really does depend on what you want to get out of your save, which was one of the things that makes this uh, game so cool is that you can really play whatever way you want to play i think like i i mean to like i do something similar but what i so basically i look at the players i have and i i try to uh to create the best tactic to uh to use them but uh what i've been doing a lot lately is like i kind of look on um i i have a tactic in mind like for example like if i want to make a tactic with the three uh, really hard-working uh, attacking midfielders. Like, uh, I just, I read about, like, uh, Czech Republic and playing uh, in 2004 uh, uh, World Cup, and they, apparently they used this really crazy tactic where they just put, like, uh, two strikers and three uh, uh, attacking midfielders. One of them was uh, uh, was the, the superstar from uh, Juventus, uh, Nedved. And they, because they, that was their strength, so they put them on on the field all at the same time. So, uh, but they said these guys were basically were very like creative, but at the same time they were very hardworking uh, team uh, team players. So I, I then I basically search up attributes, like uh, I, I go into Football Manager, or sometimes there's a great website. Uh, I think it's called FM Database or something. Like you can actually like. Uh, it has all the all the players like uh, all all their attributes. Like, so basically, it's off uh, a way to search up uh, to research players when you don't have a football manager running. Uh, so I basically I, I you can find specific attributes that you're looking for, like players with really a high uh, level of uh, teamwork or high uh, hard uh, hardworking determination. So you can to type it in, and then it, it will show the players. So I basically, I'll, I'll try to find a team that has these. Uh, uh, the, like the highest levels of these kinds of players, and I, I try to uh, to to test out a tactic with that team. So, for example, for that Czech Republic uh, team, I, I I've been trying that, and I discovered that uh, Spurs uh, Spur, uh, Tottenham is actually like like has like uh, perfect players for the for this kind of football. Like it's basically because they have a uh, they have er uh, Ericsson, uh, uh, Delhi, and uh, well, they have like really great uh, attacking midfielders. So, mm. yeah. So that website is FM Data Bay. So it's I, FM Data I think it's. Uh, I mean, I have it. Uh, let me see. I just looked it up. It's fmdatabay.com. Yeah, databay.com. Yeah, it's amazing. It's actually updated, and uh, yeah, they have like uh, over a hundred thousand, like hundred twenty thousand players, and like everything, all the attributes are there. Like you can even search by age, by. Uh, so this is like probably one of my go-to uh, places to research for my uh, like save. Like if, if I'm looking for a club to play and I want to have specific uh, kind of players, like I'll just search up. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys knew about it before. No, I didn't know. I'm actually looking it up right now. Cheap Wonder Kids they have here on the front page. This is a really good website. FMDATABA.com. But do you not think it's essentially? 
cheating if you're sort of it exploiting it's, the game. Of course, it's cheating. Yes, it's absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's I mean it's I don't search for Wonder Kids. Like I mean I, I look more for the players who are already like established. So basically, like I mean everybody knows like uh, I mean Harry Harry Kane or like uh, the superstars who play for these teams, right? But I, I want to because uh, for a specific tactic, I need like specific attributes. So instead of like guess like randomly choosing a club okay like maybe uh i'll have uh, players good for that uh tactic i'll, I'll know ahead of time i'll do a research so i know like, they have like uh or if you want to play uh, a really high pressing football i mean you know that uh liverpool and uh that they they're already have a team made for that style of football but maybe there's other teams out there that you don't know about that have like players with really good teamwork and tackling and uh, stamina, you know, like the like attributes for, uh, for, for, get, uh, for press a uh, high pressing uh, style of football, but you don't know about like, instead of like, you know, spending hours, like trying to find them, like, you, you'll know it just by finding the attributes. Okay. You know, this team has like, is full of players that are and it, this way. Like when you try the tactic, like you can be efficient. And uh, I just find like lately, like, uh, my I guess my time uh, is limited for football manager, so I try to maximize uh, my uh, my tactical. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I have more time to actually create the tactic than just looking for clubs to play. Um, Ryan, going off of what you were just saying about cheating in football manager, yeah. Um, have you ever used you know FM Scout and F Genie Scout and Wonderkid lists and things like that? What do you think about? People that I've, use... I've used like lists before as sort of like a to sort of base my sort of opinion on. I've obviously wrote about making lists and stuff, but I've never used any sort of like in-game editor or anything like that to give myself any sort of advantage. Uh, I do mm. like giving my. Uh, I don't have the hidden attributes on. I always have the attributes on so you can see everything. But I also do my own scouting and stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't. Well, I, everyone plays the game differently, but I wouldn't. I feel like I'd be. I'm exploiting the game too much if I'm getting a like a third-party source that is going to tell me. This player that I've never heard of, and like physically impossible to scout for. He's playing in like the Vavellas or something, but he's actually the best player in the world. Like yeah. I, would, I, I don't, I don't agree with it, but everyone plays differently, and everyone's tired to do what they want. Really, at the end of the day, no. Because I mean, I'll normally spend the first half of the year playing the game by myself, looking at you know which players I want, which, like using the scouting in game and things like that, and finding players on my own Steam, and then I'll see them on a. Um, on a list later on in the year, but like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that player. Like for example, um, this Georgian kid that I was talking about earlier, whatever his name is, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but he's a cam from that I signed for my Leipzig team, and he's only cost me about 14 million, but he's he turns up on a couple of the um, old uh, web like FM scout things and stuff like that. He says he's got like a 78 potential, whatever that means, but you know he's quite good. Saying that, I'm currently losing two 0 to PSG, so I don't think it's really working. The taken part that counts. Yeah, he's not that great. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to say goodbye to... Uh, so, Ehor, thank you very much. If you want to check out his article, check out dictatethegame.com. Uh, have a great weekend, Ehor. Oh, thank you, Eric. Thank you, guys. I uh, hope, you, hope you have a great weekend as well. Speaking of dictatethegame.com, make sure you go to dictatethegame.com. We have three articles per week at dictatethegame.com. Not just tactic analysis, not just stories, but real-life interviews, all kinds of great things. Anybody can get what they want, football manager or football, at dictatethegame.com. Plus, we have our weekly podcast every single Sunday, Dictate the Game podcast, which you're listening on probably either Apple iTunes, you're listening on Spotify now, you're listening on uh, YouTube 
or SoundCloud, but you can get all of those things right there, dictatethegame.com. Joining us now is Mark Benterman. He's a coach of many different uh, soccer clubs, including Ispich Wanderers. Uh, good morning, Mark. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm doing very well. Of course, we have Dom here, we have Luke here, and we have Ryan here to uh, hang out and talk with us this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Well, first off, I wanted to ask, because uh, you're somebody who's done what a lot of people who might be listening to the podcast have uh, wanted to do. You've gotten into coaching. Uh, so if I'm a person who's just listening to this and I say, boy, I think you know, maybe I played, maybe I think I know quite a bit about football, what is the best step and what's the first step to do to be able to get into coaching? Uh, for me, um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give some of my experiences back to the game. Um, so I had a few friends that are actually in management uh, anyway. Uh, I touched base with a couple of guys, one guy in particular called Ryan Owens, uh, who was at Wivenow Town Reserves, uh, and he asked me to come in to help. I got a love of it straight away. I probably found coaching for me more enjoyable than actually playing um, and, and seeing things come off in training that you, you worked so hard on all week, come off in a game, it was so rewarding. Um, so for me, it was, it was literally just opening up some revenues and speaking to people to see if I can get involved. Once I got involved, I then went down the coaching avenue and, and getting my um, UA for one, UA for two, and then obviously going on to my UA for B license. Once we got all that on board, then I looked to, to other avenues and uh, I was quite fortunate to fall on to a couple of sort of uh, lower league teams to, to, to help my experiences. And then my first break was at, at House of Town, where I, uh, where I met Luke. Yep. Host is massive. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, uh, I hold that club a uh, very high high regard. Had some great experiences there. Uh, some fantastic games, and uh, uh, I had three three full 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 seasons at that club. I think we went to the last game in two seasons to get promoted. And then, then we had a fantastic FA Cup run, which I still think is 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 a tremendous uh, achievement for that club. Would you say that's your biggest achievement, or what would you say is your biggest achievement in coaching so far? This year um, has been fantastic for me. Uh, I've managed at the highest level, which is step five for me. So House did was step six. I've gone up a league and managed at that level. I come runners-up uh, in the last game of the season. We had a chance to win the league again, so we come second. Uh, and we also won both cups uh, that the league uh, you can get into. So this year, I've, we've nearly done the treble, which was which would have been an absolutely fantastic achievement. Uh, but we, we come second and we won both cups. So that was probably my biggest achievement, to step up into the level. But... Individually, I say the FA Cup run at House did to take you know close to 500 people to uh, an away game at Sudbury. I know we lost the game, but it, it was a fantastic achievement and a fantastic day for the club. That still stills up there in one of my best memories in football to date. So essentially, you, I mean, if you've got the domestic on for a domestic treble, you're basically the Manchester City of non-league. <laughs> at our level, yes, uh, it, it's incredible. We, we had. So to put it into perspective, we had the sixth best defensive record in the whole country at step five. Oh, blimey. It was, it was a, a great achievement. I think we were coming in the top 10 of goal scorers as well. So last year, uh, I, I come in in sort of January time and we accumulated 40 points. This year, we think we got 85 points. So it just shows you the turnaround that we had this year was, was incredible and, and a credit to all the lads. Um, so, so what's your secret then? How do you get players playing that uh, one? I don't know. I've got no idea. I've, I've got a method of how I like to do things. We're quite intense. Uh, we get the boys working extremely hard. We have a lot of togetherness uh, and a bit of luck. If I'm honest with you, uh, yeah. we had no, we had no really, we had no injuries this year. We had, we had a few little niggles. And if you can get mm. your best eleven out on the pitch most seasons, 
it does give you a very good chance. And believing in yourself. If you can believe in yourself and anything that you do, any sports, uh, you've got every chance of being successful. And the boys have all bought into what me and uh, Paul, my joint manager, have, have done this year. And it's, it's been a tremendous season. So we're, we're looking to push on next year. Uh, and if we can better what we did this year, then obviously we get promoted into a league above. So we, we, it's just about working hard uh, at your strengths and then working on your weaknesses as well. For me, you know, I was at House it's probably about five years ago now when I started and I was a young lad then. And uh, each year and each game that you, you take on board, you get more experienced and then and you're learning as you go. And, and I don't think you stop learning. You know, I'm 37 now. I'm ambitious. I'm looking to push on. And I don't think you ever stop learning. No, I'm talking to you now. I've, I've got books around me where I'm still learning to try and improve myself as a, as a coach and as a manager. How do you uh, sort of um, organise a team with such minimal budgets? Like we, you, we recently spoke about Man City and they're on the course. For, they've done domestic trouble. How do you sort of do that in a sort of a smaller way but some similar results? Exactly the same as you do at the top with a massive big budget. Uh, I'm a firm believer that what Pep Guardiola is doing, obviously he's quite fortunate to have his lads seven days a week or six days a week, you know, five or six hours hours a day we have our guys on a Tuesday and Thursday and an occasional Saturday so what you have to do is make sure that the time you've got you use it as productive as you possibly can so we'll make sure that we have a system in play uh, we normally have a plan A and a plan B and we make sure that we're very hard to break down but also being able to go and score down the other end so from the top level down to the bottom level there is no difference you just have to find a formula that works for you and, and assessing your squad as early as you possibly can makes a massive big difference understanding the conditions that you're playing at you know at house did I was quite fortunate the pitch was always fantastic there so you can play a little bit more football at my club I'm at now at Stansted the pitch is, is, is difficult between November and April so you have to make sure you sit up differently in those months and play differently but it's about understanding the game and understanding what you can get out of your group that you've got you know we're hopefully going to retain most of our group next season so it gives us a little bit of a head start but you just have to use your time that you get with these guys as, as, as productively as, as you possibly can talking to mark benjamin here uh, coach of uh, stanstead and what tactics do you prefer to employ are you more of a you want to impose your will on the other team or are you more of a pragmatist what do you think is the best way to go about it the best way, half past five having three points is my is my answer to that. Uh, <laughs> or, or half past nine on a, on a midweek game. We got we got called out quite a lot this year about our, our, our patterns of play and how we play. It's not attractive on the eye. As you guys will know, um, football is about a results industry. Uh, if you wanted to be very attractive, you're very fortunate if you're watching Man City because they can they can do both. I'm a West Ham fan, so um, I think if I'm correct, I think Luke's an Ipswich fan. He might be able to a little bit, uh, be a little bit correct on this. We talked about the Mick McCarthy way, where they went a little bit long, but always stay in the championship and always be around the top ten. They changed and went for someone who can show a little bit more football, and now probably end up in in, in the same league as Houston in a couple of years' time. So it's all, it's all about realistically putting your stamp on it. You could be as attackive coach as you want, but you haven't got the players around you to do that. You have to adjust and have to adapt. So for me, it's about winning. And if I can win at half past five and half past nine on a midweek game, I don't care how my boys do it. I don't care if we play a really attractive football. And that's something that I've learned over the years. You know, at House did we had some fantastic support. You know, we have 180 people sometimes and all they want to see at half past five is three points on that table. They don't want to see 25 passes and lose three nil. And Luke might be able to back that up, that one. Yeah, I think, I think with heights slow, we'll pretty much all play good football and one, from what I remember. Mm. Um, yeah. I also do remember, you might back me up a bit, it's a very crazy game 
against Tomark at two yeah. players sent off. Yeah, yeah, I remember that very well. Yeah. I had that referee this year and he sent some of our players off again. So I think he's very card happy. No, yeah, it, it's, it, it, you know, you speak to the chairman, the chairman will have a philosophy how the club will want to be played uh, and, and a system. Uh, and you have to buy into that. Uh, but ultimately, for me, my, my team's always, you know, and Luke, Luke's great to have on this conversation because obviously he's seen me manage, but all my teams will work hard. Uh, we, we, we give everything for the for the club and the badge. And ultimately, we try and win as many games as we can. I think I was at Housted for sort of four seasons and I only lost 20, 22 games in four years at Housted. Um, you know, so that just shows you that it's all about, for me, it's about winning and getting those three points on the table. Uh, and, and everybody wants to be around a successful team. I, I saw you for about a year and a half, I think, didn't I? Yeah, like, you did. When I came in, I came in about I came in season really got promoted. Then oh, you, okay, yeah. That was season I first came to watch regularly, and then you left. Well, the season after, didn't you? About half of a year. Yeah, we lost. We, we I was quite fortunate. House did in, in a calendar year. We only lost four games in a calendar year. Yeah. So we was very successful at that period of time. Unfortunately, we had an opportunity to progress. We didn't quite take it. It didn't work out and both parties uh, went our separate way. So no regrets there at all. Uh, and it's nice nice to see the club a couple of, uh, or a season on, on uh, a difficulty. Uh, and it's a shame they couldn't quite do it this year. But no, it, it, football's very strange, guys. You know that. It's, it's about results. Look at Chris Hewton. Chris Hewton's just kept Brighton in the Premiership and he's been sacked. So for me, it's about understanding what you can get out of the group and what you want as a manager. For me, it's about free points and how we do that it's uh, uh it, it's, it's the most important part for me personally things for leagues are so strange at the moment as well that's the problem well with non-league at the moment with no real no one really knows promotion or relegation at the moment no we, we, we was having a look at that last year the, the league turned around and said to us it was four down last year then changed their mind about three or four times throughout the season so a little bit more honesty up front from the FA during the season would help the clubs you know, I think in our league this year they said one goes down I think they've relegated two so it is quite hard uh, and it is very hard for the teams to plan and, and, and progress that particular way when they're not too sure what's actually happening in their own leagues but that's non-league in general at the moment it, it's difficult because the FA are trying to change something we might look back in five years time and go wow that was a fantastic experience awful to, awful to be managing through it but we are on the other side and it's better for it or we could be turning around and say what have they done they're putting sim bins into our game they're doing this they're doing that they're just trying to change our game for me personally it's only my opinion they're changing our beautiful game too much for my liking there's nothing wrong with our game oh, if I'm a person who um, wants to maybe I played um, in school maybe I you know I'm looking to get a little bit of a leg up on other players and make that next step into playing in a semi-pro or pro league. What is the one thing you think that I could work on to be able to put me ahead of those other players? I'll go back to what I just said a couple of minutes ago. It's work, right? You must be able to outwork your opposition. You can have all the ability in the world, but you must be able to work outwork your opposition. And there's a, there's a famous saying, is there a, a work rate? Or outwork talent. If you have got no talent, if you've got no talent and you've got no work rate, the work rate will always always win. So for me, it's so so important that you have the right attitude, the willingness to turn up and train. Uh, and for me, that'll go a long long way uh, in my sides anyway. Obviously, every area manager will have a, a different opinions, but for me, uh, you must be able to turn up with the right attitude and, and be willing to work hard uh, on and off the ball, and also work hard on on your weaknesses. So you you were actually our first ever interviewer. We were the first people person ever interviewed, wasn't he, Wine? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that because we we've sort of converted from writing interviews to sort of 
putting them in a podcast, which I didn't think we'd ever really do. So it's actually fantastic we can get you on board, and it's really glad that you've um, given us some of your time. No, it's, it's a pleasure, guys. And I've always got time for, for for people that have always given me the opportunity. And I remember having that conversation with you guys. Caught must have been at least two or three years ago now. Um, it, it was great then. Now, I know I know Luke is is very into his football. It was a pleasure to to help him out and Ryan on on that occasion. And uh, there's a lot of managers out there will be willing to give you their time, guys. I can tell you that now. There's a lot of managers out there that. that happy to sacrifice 15, 20 minutes of their time to, to get their point of view across. So if I can ever help you and point you in the right direction, then please just, you know, just hit me up and uh, I'll know how to put you in the right direction. I was going to say, actually, um, your uh, interview you did with us was September 2016. Oh, God, I was a, I was a young puppy back then. Yeah, you were still at Halstead then. And there's all the, it's very interesting that you're saying about, you know, what do you want to achieve by the end of the season? And you said things like, I wanted to achieve some great cup runs, but you yeah. never looked more than say, one season in the future. It was always kind of the current season. It was always very short-term. Is that the way that you often approach things? It is, because at our house, we built a side, and then someone like, you know, get two or three teams coming along, and they'll take your best players. Yeah. You can't plan too far ahead. You know, at this level, you can't put people on contract because of financial reasons. And we're the same now at Stansted. You know, we had, a, we had a fantastic day out the weekend at Newmarket, and you're speaking mm-hmm. about players to stay, and they're like, yeah, I'm not too sure. You're like, well... You only can win three things in our league. We won two and come second in the other one. Why would you want to go? Yeah. And it's, so it's it's always planning for the season ahead. You can't think too far ahead. You've always got to revolve in the game. Always got to look out for for, for, for players coming through the ranks and, and, and keeping your eye open to see what's happening. And at the moment, we call it silly season where everybody goes after every player. And when you go back on the 25th of June, you hopefully got you know half the squad you've got from last year and you rebuild again. Uh, but I like to think this year's recruitment will be a little bit easier for what we've done last year. You, you look at that team, Hurst Tadlow, back in that season, it was such a good team. It was mm-hmm. an unbelievable team. and just couldn't keep it together, really, could we? No, it's, it's hard. It's hard because players like, like managers have ambition uh, and you can't hold players back that want to be progressive. You know, if, if you've got a chance to come in and I wouldn't say money plays a big part because an extra £5, £10 is, is, is not a lot if you put it in fuel or you spend it on beer or whatever you spend your money on. But sometimes a player will have an ambition to go and play higher, same as a manager. Uh, and what I've learned from the younger days is is that I got really upset when a player left because I took it personally. Now you have to respect it. And and, and if a player moves through the, through, the, through, the, through the leagues, you have to respect their decision and wish them all the best and, and, you, and you part on good terms because you never know when you go up the ladder yourself you might cross paths again. So it's something that I've learned. It was hard to learn that lesson because you, you took it personally. But at the end of the day, the player wants to progress and you, you have to you have to respect that. When I was at House, did we, we won a cup one year and I think about six or seven players left to go and play in the league above or, or two leagues above. And at the time that hurt and you have to build again. But you're looking back now, you, you have to be quite proud of that because they want to move up through the levels if you weren't successful. So you have to take it, you have to take a little bit of pride out of that. But deep down, you, you want to keep your best players, but sometimes you can't. I guess he's usually a point like Ken Gilbert. You actually gave him his debut and he actually went up. Yeah, little, little Kane was fantastic. He actually gave his debut uh, against Concord Rangers. A good friend of mine, uh, Dan Cowley, who's now Lincoln manager. Uh, he brought his Concord Rangers team down and we offered him the home dressing room and, and, and to show his class, he said, no, we're the away team. Um, and if anyone was there, they were training on the pitch. It was a fantastic occasion. I think it was 5-0 down in about eight minutes. 
uh, holding on for life in pre-season. And then I turned around and said to Dan and, and Nicky, his brother, could I give a, a little 15-year-old boy an opportunity? I didn't want to ruin ruin the lad, but you know he, he showed he's got this fantastic talent. I think he's at Canvey Island now. I still keep in contact with him. Uh, I actually see him in a nightclub a couple of weeks ago, which is quite interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he he come on for about fifteen minutes. I think he nutmegged the Conkle Rangers player, who then I think he threatened him with his life if he ever did it again. Uh, and he's gone on from strength to strength, and I think he went to Barcelona for a six week trial. If I remember correctly, that was in the paper, yeah. and he's now playing in the Ryman Ryman North. So. No, yeah, there's, there's many. You've got the Kemp brothers, you know, have gone up through the levels and come back down again. There's enough talent there. I've taken Jordan Palmer with myself this year, who's, who's at Stancy uh, with me now, but was a, a, a house did in a successful period of time as well. So, And I still keep in contact with probably 90% of the boys anyway and a few of the committee members who, you know, I think one of the committee members is obviously godparents of my children. So I keep in contact with, with them and I still keep in contact with the managers. So, no, it's, they were very, very good times and I was pleased for Kane and I'm pleased for him now, progressing for the levels because House is, is, is in a very uh, funny situation. There's not many big teams around it. You are very limited and he's took the choice to go and travel all the way to Canby to play and, and progress. So good luck to the good luck to Kane. Yeah, we're, we're trying to progress Stanford as a, a club. Uh, this year, we, we started doing the green ticks. I don't know if you know on social media, and that's gone, that's gone crazy, the green ticks. And we get about, I don't know, three or 4,000 people watching our videos if we do a video on, 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 on Twitter. So the more than welcome, you can jump onto that. And, and you know, and our, and our captain, you know, if you ever wanted to speak to another manager, our captain at the moment, his daddy's assistant manager in Northampton Town, uh, Colin West, who we get on really well with. And obviously, well as well he's probably busier this this time of year but look if we can help each other out along the route then I'm more than happy to do that I never forget where I've come from yeah I absolutely appreciate that like, like I said there about uh, when we first interviewed you well, back in 2016 we get a couple of hundred views now averaging well over a thousand most days now so. it, it, it's fantastic you, 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 social media Ryan is fantastic you look at hashtag you know Luke will tell you yeah, hashtag yeah well we're, we're in contact with hashtag as it is we tried to sort of interview with their manager but um, he wanted it to sort of time a football manager but they never really got back to us about it but that's something I can yeah, definitely yeah. sort of relight yeah and it helps clubs like us you know we, we had Stafford Warden in the league last year and it was a local derby and we, we funny enough we beat him in the semi-final cup 5-0 which was fantastic and over 300 people watched that game uh, for a club of Stansted I remember when I took over Houston we had 42 people and, and, and Luke's uh, uh, and Luke, I think it was. Uh, I think now you're averaging over 130. So the progression of the club is, is, is fantastic. I remember taking many a fan away in the FA Cup run. So the club has got great potential. And we're trying to create that again at Stansted. The clubs are very similar. Um, and, you know, we had 42 people watch us uh, beginning of the season. We're averaging over 200 and, and an average over 100 people now. So the progression is there. And in football, if we start winning, People want to come and watch you. If you start losing, they start disappearing and doing some gardening or whatever they want to do. <laughs> some more entertaining. <laughs> or, or, or bake some more bread, you know, whatever they want to want to do. <laughs> so it, it, it's important that we, we keep the profile of the club going and, you know, and the true fans will stick through a club through thick and thin. And I think what we're looking to do next year at Stansted in particular is, is just try and raise our profile ever so slightly because if you can get an extra one, two people through the, through the gate, it does help the club financially. Yeah, uh, especially and that, the cost of the season. Oh, you know, you know, I think, I think the club said we, we took in the season before, averaging 30, 40 people a game at home game. We had 20 games, averaging 500 people through the gate. Well, this year we needed two and a half thousand. 
So it, it, it's gone through the roof. We've, we've, now, we've now got, same as House did, from what I'm hearing, five or six young lads. We've got some drums, some trumpets and stuff like that, you know. And, and, and we, we took about 100 people to a, to a cup final in Burnham Ramblers, which we won, which was, was in, is incredible. Uh, and it's not close. It's about an hour and a half on the, on the coach. And then we went to Bishop Stalford and, and we had 418 fans watch, which was, which was absolutely fantastic. And, and, and I'll just tell you a story quickly about the cup final. We was absolutely under the cosh. Uh, pretty much for 92 minutes. We had one set piece in the 94th minute and one one nil. And that just shows you the character of my sides so that they never give up. They, they stick in there and, and we outwork it and we find a way and we found a way in, in I don't know how we found a way. Uh, our goalkeeper pulled off a fantastic one-on-one save uh, and in the only chance we had in the 94th minute. And we, we go back to the question a couple of, couple of minutes ago about how do your teams play? Just win. Doesn't matter how you play, just go and win a game at half past five or half past nine, and it helps everything. You know, the, you get people through the crowd, uh, through the gate, sorry, people want to come and play for you. It's all right having these patterns of play and having a system of play, but it's automatically about winning, you know. And I think anyone as a football fan would rather see. I'm a West Ham fan, and we played fantastic football under Gianfranco uh, Zola and got relegated. We played awful football under Sam Allardyce, but I went to Wembley. In the playoff final, I went to an FA Cup final as well under Anapaju, not playing the best of football. And I'll take those as a fan all day long. Give me success over a pattern of play. Unless you're Man City and Liverpool, and you can get both. Well, we had Sam Aldice as an Everton manager, and um, I think I'd probably put myself in a depression just from watching. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. I, I it just... was, but you live in Liverpool, so that must have been more worse. I'm not too sure what's worse. I mean, Sam Allardyce is manager or living up there. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's horrible. <laughs> horrible. I'm still going to tell My first son's away yeah. game was at Everton. He was two, my son, and he went at Everton away. Uh, we went in the away end. Uh, I remember it very, very, we stayed in Stoke, went to see Liverpool's ground in the morning, had a little tour around there, and then my son, who just turned two, went to see West Ham versus Everton in the away end at Everton, and we lost 2-0. So, um, oh, set him up for a lifetime. Break up. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm Everton. I'm Aces fan, so I'm not, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> well, you got rid of your best manager and got sat, uh, then got relegated then the season after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you listen to a first time, we're gonna walk a league next year. 95 points, I said. So, oh. Sticking by yeah. that. So, so, we got your football manager, guys. What you got? What you got to realise is that the club will always try and push on, and they may feel by replacing the manager they can push on. But what you got to be careful of is the same as Everton, the same as you know. Look at David Moyes. David Moyes had you in the top six every year. You lose him. You try and get someone else in. You try and push on. For me, Everton is a top eight side, massive, massive club. Yeah, and it's on the hopes it's going back up. Yeah, well, Ipswich should be a top six championship side. You know, fantastic local local fan base. You know, they had the opportunity to get the Cowley brothers in and, and miss that miss that boat. You know, they may they may be going to West Brom now, which is which is phenomenal. Decision they were in my league about ten years ago. Uh, so what a journey those two have had. Uh, but you think Ipswich have gone right? Let's get rid of Mick McCarthy. The fans not too sure. And now look, you're in the, you're in Division One. So sometimes I think the clubs need to be a little bit realistic and understand where where they are and where they can get to. I'm happy as a West Ham fan in the top ten. Just give me that every year in a good cup run, and I think some teams just needed to be a little more realistic in what their what their ambitions are. I think I think McCarthy had to go because mm. the relationship between the fans had just eroded. There was no mm-hmm. he can he couldn't stay because we'd get we been toxic. But we yeah, yeah. got an appointment with Paul Hurst. Yeah, yeah. actually wrong because he he was a bit of a prick. 
Oh, that's it. <laughs> Aggressive Luke. <laughs> All right, Luke. No, is that, is that a technical term, Luke? The way he's on, he's on management was yeah, yeah. by the side of it. Um, yeah, I, Lambert, think, I think well, he's, he's managed, Paul Lambert's managed two of your local rivals. I know. Norwich and Colchester. <laughs> so, but what it, football's a merry-go-round. You get the same people getting the same jobs and, and, and sometimes there's enough young, talented managers around to take a gamble. Unfortunately for Ipswich, they took a gamble on a young Paul Hurst and it hadn't worked out. You, you've got to be very confident in your appointment and understand that the process, if he turn around, if he switch, if, look, I've got a, a good friend of mine at, at Ipswich now, who's uh, a kit man there. We've got a couple of people who work within the club as well. And Ipswich has always been known to progress youth through the system. You look at Kieran Dyer, Darren Bent, Ambrose, et cetera, et cetera. You're not getting many of those through the system now. But if you spoke to Richard and said, look, we're going to be in the bottom half of the championship, but we're going to bed in a lot of young lads, I think Ipswich fans will probably take that, you know, because you haven't got the money or the chairman doesn't want to spend the money to push on to the next level. So you've got to be a little bit more realistic in, in, in Ipswich's aims, I think, personally. And I think you need to get out of Division 1 and then be a top 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 half championship team and be happy with that. I think the problem with Ipswich is a lot of fans do expect them to be the FA Cup tie. Side, yeah. we wait for cups. Like, and we're not that anymore. That's, that's no. 30 years ago. They're now a mid table championship club, and that is the reality of the situation. You're not even that. Yeah, League One. <laughs> not for long. Not, yeah, not for long because it'll be League Two next year. Well, the problem you get is now the good, the good news is the A12 towards Ipswich doesn't have many tractors in it anymore. No, <laughs> that's a good news. Yeah, no, I think I think we've got a good amount of content there. We've got like half an hour's worth of interview. So yeah, I think that's thanks, that's Mark. Stuff. Yeah, no rights at all, guys. No rights at all. No rights. If you, like I say, guys, we can help you in the future. You always, you know, Luke can get older me, or you guys can get older me. Not an issue at all. Yeah, just and it's the same with you. If you need anything, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a plug today on, on, our, on my social media as well. We're all pretty good at football managers, so if you need a hand, well, we're not. That, just, just Luke, Luke's not very good at football managers. I'm not going to all. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very tension here, Luke. With your, with your other friends, are they friends? <laughs> <laughs> Fred, well, it's going more tactic. Uh, might, I might not work in the lower leagues, but <laughs> we might go to a four-four-two diamond next year. So you might have to help me on that formation. Oh, I I check check out the guides on the on the website, mate. There's yeah, loads. Of we'll give you the guides. I don't think my school more tactic will work in the lower league. <laughs> no, if, you ever need no. A cake, if you ever need a cake mark you know where to go humans bakery nessa yeah that's true but promo there <laughs> yeah they, they, they do lovely cakes so i must admit uh, i've had a few in my time when can we get sponsored by humes bakery that is that is, that is the real question you know we kind of just throw them in every podcast but if we could actually get a full sponsorship that'd be quite I, nice i think you have to speak to the boss not the uh not the baker let's speak to the boss I'll drop him a message. That's fine. That's, that's next week's podcast sorted. <laughs> yes, we interview <laughs> interview with Luke's dad. <laughs> interview Luke's dad. Luke just turns over the buns. That's all we do. He's a real boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We are very thankful again for you to be uh, coming on with us here to the Dictate the Game podcast. Uh, Mark Benjamin, thank you very much for joining us this morning. No problem at all. All the best. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very, thank much. You very much. Bye. Um, is it all right? I'll shoot off now. No, you have to stay. No, you will stay. <laughs> well, you know what? If, if you are going to go, do you have anything you want to add, Luke? Nope. All right. Bye then. <laughs> <laughs>